We're glad that you're here. Um, welcome to you on the internet. Uh, I just want to say, uh, you know, thank you for last weekend. We had almost 10,000 people for Father's Day last weekend. I, I, you got to understand. You need to understand something. It, traditionally, Father's Day is the lowest attended service in most churches. Okay, Mother's Day is usually the highest other than Easter and Christmas, and Father's Day is usually the lowest because the dads are like, I'm not going to church, I want to go golf, and it's Father's Day, right? But we have developed this cool vibe here, and it's just been amazing. We were up 40% over last year's Father's Day, and it was with a video interview. So what I want to tell you is, um, you know, there's a window right now where you can go out and you can, you can watch this, this video interview, and I want to encourage you to throw it out to all your networks, okay? Throw it out to everybody that you can, let them see it, because I think this is the best uh, that, that, that you'll see the Robertsons. And, and it's just a, it's an evangelistic tool. I mean, it's just this tool to be able to go, hey, you know, these Duck Dynasty guys on TV, they, they really are believers, and that's what they would want. Uh, so throw it out there when you can. We're finishing up this series, Crazy Little Thing Called Love, and I've had uh, several different, I had a couple different guests. We had Justin and Trisha Davis come in and do one of the marriage things, and then I've done some of them, and then I wanted to bring in Gary Smalley because really of all the people that are out there in the world that have written and, and, and done speaking and all this stuff, uh, Gary's probably the one that's helped my wife and I more than anybody else, and he's written 60 books. You've heard some of the stuff, like I've done the blessing several times uh, as, a, as a sermon and that, that stuff that, that he wrote. You've, you've heard some principles that we've learned from him as I've passed them on. I want to just bring him in. 60 books, uh, 6 million copies, been on Oprah, been on uh, CNN, been, been on uh, Fox and Friends, all kinds of Today Show. Uh, a really highly sought after marriage and family expert. And uh, he's going to do for you today how to open a closed spirit. And, and it's something, it's about anger and forgiveness that's going to relate to anything, whether, whether you're married or not, parenting, however it works, it's going to relate to you, okay? So I, wanna, I, wanna, I want you to welcome him out for me. They're all yours, man. They're all yours. <laughs> it's a delight to be here, and uh, let's see, this is the third service, and it looks pretty much the same <laughs> as each one, but thanks for inviting me. I love being here, and, and I realize at my age, I just like being anywhere. So uh, <laughs> I actually tried to retire 13 years ago, but it so stressed me that uh, I had a heart attack and then I had a kidney transplant. So I decided to stop retiring and go back to work. So here I am, and I'm going to do this or whatever I'm doing uh, for God until I meet Him face to face. So anyway, it's a delight to be here. and. I get a chance to, I'm hoping, to encourage you in all of your relationships. It's not just marriage or family. It's your friendships and uh, just all your relationships at work. And um, so, and the encouragement part of it is that you can marry somebody who's really the opposite of you and stu still do well if you uh, are aware of the things we're going to point out this morning. The more aware you are, the easier it is to stay in harmony because my wife is the exact opposite of me. She gets energy from routine and loves a schedule and she's detailed. And uh, like for example, if I'm in the living room uh, with her at 10 o'clock at night, we're, you know, uh, empty nesters obviously. and. And so if I kick my, sh I'm in the, you know, lazy boy temperature and I kick my shoes off, 
it's not uncommon for her to go, <clears throat> and I'm, I, I'm, not, I'm curious, and so I'll say, what, what's, what's that about? Or are you going to leave those shoes there tonight? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't really thought that through carefully. <laughs> I said, is that important for you if I pick them up? Or what would you like me to do with them? She said, well, put them in the closet. And, uh, and I said, uh, why is that really important to you? And she literally said this. She said, you never know. We might have to call 911. Those people are going to show up and see what a messy living room we have. <laughs> I said, are you serious about that? <laughs> yes, she's very serious about that. So we're just so different. And, and our home is immaculate, and she grows flowers inside and outside and talks to them. And, you know, it's just amazing uh, how different we are. Because I get energy from change and spontaneity. And it used to take her like two weeks to do something spontaneous. And so, uh, <laughs> so but, but, but we, we have learned to use what I'm talking about this morning on a daily basis. Because every day at some point we irritate each other. And every day we disagree it's on some level, on something. I mean, we are so different. But this keeps... Uh, here's an example. These two fingers look alike, don't they? I mean, you, could have, you have to... And this one I cut off a year ago, the end of it, from the joint right there. And, 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 and you know, who cuts their finger off anyway? Um, uh, and so I'm outside doing a honey-do list, planting flowers for her in the backyard. I have a big drill and a, you know, corded drill. And so I'm only about like two, two plants away from finishing. And I must have hit a rock or a root or something with it because it was a shaft about that long with a, one of those deals you buy in the infomercials, you know, on TV. You plant those things, you know what I'm talking about. And so uh, anyway, it jumps out of my hand and the button gets pushed to keep running and so uh, it wraps around my finger immediately when I grab it tried to hit before it hit the ground and it just ripped it right off and so it was a little tiny piece of skin right there was holding it, it was just hanging there and I went ugh and, and it hurt you know quite a bit but, but not terrible you know but, but I laughed <laughs> because I thought only me only I would be the one who cuts their finger off with a cord and uh and so I rush in the house real fast. I grab a bowl out of the closet, uh, out of the cupboard, and I put some water and ice in it, and wrap some thing around it. And I put my hand in it, and I got in the car and started driving towards the hospital. And I called my wife Norma. And I said, Norm, I said I just cut the end of my finger off. Meet me at the emergency ward. She goes, oh! because see, she gets energy from routine, and I just messed with her routine that day. <laughs> so she was going to come, but it was like, oh, you know, my schedule. And uh, so anyway, we, we pull into the, we actually pull into the parking lot at the exact same time. And I get out and she gets out and goes, oh, and she says, that's my favorite bowl. <laughs> you know, I had the urge to go, oops, you know, because hey, we're here for this, not the bowl. And so anyway, so, but that's, and so what I wanted to say today a couple of things. My favorite things in life is that I want to avoid, I want to avoid staying angry. And this, you know who this is. And why does this person turn green? Because he gets angry. And for lots of reasons. Uh, but, but I get angry every day. 
And I would suspect all of you do too. How many of you get irritated at least one time a day? Okay. How many of you get frustrated at least one time a day? How many of you get um, um, upset about something at least one time a day? Okay. Kids, neighbors. How many of you ever had a neighbor with barking dogs? Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so I, I even bought a, a super barker breaker and, and put it on my side because you can't really see it on the fence, you know. And so every time they barked, it was this loud thing that went off. And, uh, and they wondered why their dogs didn't bark anymore out there. But anyway, but so, you know, so there's not a day that goes by that in some way, at some time, something, you're either grouchy, you just get up, you know, you don't have enough protein. And if I don't have enough protein in me, I figured that out one day and uh, I can get really grouchy. And so anyway, so we're, that's life. And, this, and the truth of God's word says this, go ahead and get angry. Ephesians chapter five, go ahead and get angry, but don't stay angry. Don't sin in your anger, which I did for a lot of years. And my dad, of course, was angry all the time and stayed angry and about things that happened to me as a kid. It was just everything. I didn't know. I didn't have a clue until I was in my late 30s that anger was a bad thing to keep inside. And, and what's really fascinating to me is that yesterday I talked to one of the members of the church here who's a specialist in, in anger management and, and a therapist. And she told me, I asked her to write it down and email it to me because she told me that you can keep anger inside for about 24 hours. And if you don't get it out, it's like getting pregnant with anger. And what happens is that you start to grow this little creepy monster inside of you. And I thought, that is really good. I said, I need that. Because I want to picture myself getting angry in the daytime, but by, before the sun goes down, I want to download it into the trash and get rid of it. So that I'm becoming, I'm becoming a professional forgiver and an understander of people who are flawed. Anybody here in this room that's not flawed in some way? See? Yeah, there's one person that's not flawed down there. <laughs> Very good. Look at her. I like that. Like an actor, actress. Yeah. So uh, anyway, no one's ever done that, so that's a first. And so anyway, I understand that people are going to offend me. I'm just aware of that. People are going to disappoint me, break promises. I mean, I've been, you know, just like you. I've been through it like you. But I'm learning how to forgive people immediately. And if I get offended by my wife at 10 o'clock at night, I don't relax and say, well, I got until the sun goes down tomorrow. <laughs> no. The spirit of the scripture is get rid of it as soon as you can. So I just do it. I don't, use, I don't usually feel like forgiving people. No more than you do. I don't do what I feel because I do what's truth. And I do it whether I feel it or not. And then I get the results of that. I'm even learning. My son has been mentoring me on this because he's a psychologist. And, and he's been mentoring me on that. I get to choose what I think about today. Because what I, what, who, who I am and what I think about it all day long is how I'm going to feel tomorrow and the next day. So I, I don't blame people anymore for 
who, who they are, what they do. I don't blame circumstances, people, places, and things are not my life. My life is Christ and His words and the truth that He gave us. And so I, I depend on that, and that's what I think about. And then everything else is overflow. So I'm already filled up by Him, and then I eat somewhere today at lunch somewhere. It'll be good probably, and I'll get filled up. But that, how long does that last? Just a few hours. And then I need to eat again. And so, and then just that's the way life is. We went on our 40th anniversary to the Virgin Islands, St. Thomas, to that awesome place where they had that awesome beach. And, and when we got there, Hurricane Jean came. <laughs> and so my wife's middle name is Jean. And, uh, <laughs> and so I just said, this is typical, isn't it? That life is not what you expect. You know what stress really is? Stress is the gap. It could be a little or big gap between what you expect out of people, places, and things, life, and what you're actually getting. So the more gaps you have in your life, the more stressed you are, which is really another word for anger. Because anger is irritation, frustration, fear, uh, just, just the negative emotions that I don't want in my life. So what I want is this. This is a $2 million rare diamond stone shaking his head like I'm I'm not lying to you this is the truth because this is the value I placed on it it, it doesn't care <laughs> so my thought is you're worth two million dollars and so oh, <gasps> two million dollar stone see I can do whatever I want and therefore think whatever I want. Therefore, I can think however I want about your value. If you're warm and breathing today, you're very valuable to me because you're most valuable to God who sent His only Son to give His life and to teach what He wanted. Jesus, I, don't, I only teach what, what, uh, what my Father tells me to say. And so it's the truth. And He only has like 50-some teachings that He gave us which are awesome. And so those are the things I think about during the day, off and on, several times a day, many times, when I can. And uh, so that's what's determining how I'm going to feel tomorrow. So I don't think, the, I would, I don't, I would, it's natural to think the way the world thinks, but I don't like that, so I reject it. And this is one thing I do reject, is that the enemy of the church is Satan. He came to kill, steal, and destroy this woman I talked to yesterday said, and I've been learning this for years, but the way she said it was so good. She said, Satan basically is death. And he wants us angry, and he wants us to stay angry. Because he then is the victor of our life if we stay angry. Staying angry at something or someone, this is how stupid it is is like drinking poison <laughs> and then hoping your offender gets sick. It's really stupid, isn't it? So, in fact, let me just give you a list uh, of consequences. I'll give them to you real fast. Here they are. 
the moment you allow anger to stay in you and you get pregnant with anger, then what happens to you is you go into darkness. The more anger you hold inside, the deeper the darkness is, which means you can't enjoy anything in the spiritual world. Your relationship with God or Scripture or anything like that. Uh, you make distance with people because angry people are hard to live with because they don't feel comfortable in a close relationship with another person, a loving relationship. Uh, increases self-centeredness. It, uh, it's demanding. It's aggressive. It increases temptation because darkness opens us up to the world of temptation. Dads, do not allow if you offend your daughters, do not allow that to last very long because girls that are angry at dad or mom, but especially dad, are attracted to the wrong kind of guys. And they can smell an angry girl. So anyway, uh, depression, uh, you get adrenaline and cortisol, which, which are like acids to your... The guy who helped me forgive the I, I was so mad at a boss that I was bitter and I didn't have a clue it was hurting me and I did see that I was losing spiritual energy and the excitement about spiritual things but uh, the person who helped me said that in, internal anger will take out all your organs one at a time and he says that it usually starts with your heart I had a heart attack secondly you have uh, it takes your kidneys next and then just go right on down to the rest of your organs. And I went, I don't want that. I'm not going to allow this. I choose to get it out of my life every day, no matter how long it's been in there or who it's with or what it's about. I want to get it out of my life. I want this. This is honor. This is high value. And Jesus said this, whatever you treasure today in your mind, that's where your heart will be also. So whatever you treasure. So if you want to increase your affection for your parents or your girlfriend or your boyfriend or your, uh, your mate, you start a list of why they're valuable. I have four pages, single-spaced list on my computer of why my wife is valuable so that I'm really hacked with her some days. I just go to my computer, open it up, and I start reading. After the first page, I start tearing up. This awesome person I'm married to. Because it, she's valuable, but sometimes I forget how valuable she is. Because she's irritating the snot out of me. Right? We're all in this together, aren't we? Okay? And so why don't we just change our thinking in the middle of those kinds of things, and you watch how your feelings will change. So... Um, so these are the two contrasting things in my life. I want this out. I want this in. Uh, Romans 12.10. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love, preferring one another in <gasps> honor. And I haven't done this in any of the services yet, but just show you how this works. You can literally decide that somebody is very valuable and show them their value by facial expressions and sounds. You can go, <gasps> Unbelievable. I used to say, I have to get over here so I can get back up. I used to say to my kids when they were younger, like 12 or so, I'd come into the living room and I'd get on my knees and go, oh! and they'd go, what? I can't even believe I'm in the same room with the most valuable 12-year-old on earth. I am not worthy. You know, you know what my kids would almost always say? Dad, you are so weird. <laughs> now, did they like it? Yeah, they did. 
when they were in their 20s, I interviewed them, said, did you like that kind of stuff? They said, yeah, we really did. We, we were a little embarrassed when you did it in front of our friends. But, uh, you know, but I always communicate to them. In fact, I have a picture. I think, do we have that up there? There's the gang right there. It's coming up. There it is. That's uh, last year in Colorado. Uh, and uh, there's my wife, Norma. I had that T-shirt on. Uh, my, what does it say on the front of it? That, my wife is smoking hot. She's 74 years old, and uh, you can see how cute she is. And you would never know she has gray hair. And so uh, <laughs> you will never know that she has gray hair. Anyway, that's all. That's 10 grandkids, and uh, my three kids are up there. And, and uh, so anyway, but all of us practiced this, and this is how we raised our kids. Honored them and told them how valuable they were every day. And then when we offended them, we sought forgiveness so that anger wouldn't last inside of them. They were always very valuable, and today they, they, they know from me that all things, they can do whatever they want in life. They just have to get the knowledge and skills, and they've always believed that. So they have my daughter that was up there. She has a dream of rescuing all the orphans in the world, especially the helpless, really helpless ones. And, um, and so that's her dream. She's in Nicaragua right now. She was in Haiti. She was in Ethiopia. She adopted a little girl from Ethiopia. Beautiful girl. And, uh, and my son, Greg, is a focus on the family in charge of the marriage and family division. And he adopted a little girl, Annie, from, from China. And uh, my other son, my youngest son, Michael, uh, has ER for love. So he has small E centers all over the world that help couples that are almost divorced, and he has 85% success in helping them stay together. But that information was learned, yep. That, that information was learned from his older brother, who's a brilliant researcher. I don't think he's really ours. And, uh, and so we must have found him accidentally but some, somewhere. But anyway, he figured out how to help couples uh, just six things, and it's in a book that, that he helped me learn. It's called The DNA Relationships, and it's six things they take couples through, and they turn them around in four days, from one to four days. That's how long it takes. And then they go away from that experience and thrive. And so, but one of the main things he does is he helps them get over their anger and uh, explains it to them and, and uh, shows them where, where, the, where it comes from and all that. So, so anyway... That's the, the group that does this stuff. So my wife and I, years ago, uh, when we had a staff, and I, I let my staff go away, go last June uh, after I cut off my finger, and, uh, but I was ready to, to, to go in a different direction. And uh, so uh, just part of the age. But um, anyway, years ago, we took our family, to our staff, to uh, Hawaii, to uh, Waikiki, stayed in the Sheraton. We're going to have a seminar there, a marriage seminar. It's our regular thing we did a couple of times a month back in the good old days. And so, anyway, part of the reason why we were there, one of my staff members, one of the executives, was going to ask his girlfriend to, for marriage, and he had the ring and had it all pictured. Look how cute she is right down there. I like that. I haven't even noticed her yet. And, uh, and so, anyway... 
so we got there early. We played. He never asked her the first day. He never asked her the second day. He never asked her the third day. The fourth day, I said, if you don't ask her tomorrow, I'm going to ask her for you right in front of you. And uh, so he says, I'll do it tomorrow, I promise. And so the next morning, I got up about six thinking that he was going to ask her. And I was thinking about that. So I got up. And about six in the morning, and I, I sneaked out the, the, you know, we were on the 18th floor. And, and I, I got out of there. Oh, it was gorgeous. The weather, there was no wind, the different colors of the ocean, and, and the sun was coming up over Diamond Head and glowing around it, and I, I got all inspired, and sponta- I'm spontaneous, so I decided to go wake up my best friend, who's you know, gets energy from routine, and um, so I went in there, and I opened the curtain, and I said, good morning, she wakes up, and she says, what? I said, come on out and enjoy the scenery and the sunrise and the water. And I said, then we'll have breakfast up here and, you know, room service. And I said, come on. And she said, well, what time is it? And I said, it's six. And she says, I told you last night we're on vacation. I want to sleep till seven. (laughs) So seven means we're on a schedule. And seven is the time we get up. And I was already up. And so I thought, well, she's up now. And so I said, you're not going to be able to go back to sleep. She says, yes, I'm going to try. She says, just go walk out. I says, you're not going to be able to. I know you too well, okay? And so I used my enthusiasm, you know, and I said, come on. So I took the covers and jerked them off for a little bit. And she shook it back up and said a couple of offensive, semi-offensive things. And, uh, but when you're having fun and it's a best friend experience, you know, your mate, uh, you know, so I tried to motivate her here. So I took the covers and I jerked completely off her. I said, come on. So I grabbed her by the ankles and started pulling her out of bed. <laughs> Playfully, not rough at all. And, uh, and so, and then she said a whole bunch of really offensive things. <laughs> and I, I was shocked. In fact, I dropped her legs and, and uh, stood back and it's like the country western song, you know, you've all heard. It's, it's, it says, how do I kiss the lips of the woman at night who uses those same lips to chew on my behind all day long? So, uh, this sounds so country western to me. And so, anyway, uh, so we have a knockdown, drag out argument for about an hour. Because I keep trying to get her up and she keeps telling me, well, she brings up the history of our marriage, uh, you know, how insensitive I've been. And, of course, I was defensive, and I brought up a few things that I could think of that she had done. And so we just argued and argued out of control. And finally she said, well, you ruined my day. I'm not talking to you anymore. So she gets up and starts getting dressed for breakfast, and, and I'm still trying to engage her in conversation, and she goes out and slams the door, and I think I heard her whisper something like, please don't follow me. So there we are. Terrific anger. Uh, both of us had. And then I get a sick feeling inside because we're only four days away from the marriage seminar, and I hate doing marriage seminars when my wife's not speaking to me. So, uh, so, uh, uh, so anyway, I started looking for why. I started looking for because I was going to repair the damage I'd done. I mean, I knew I was partly responsible for the escalated argument, and, uh, and she was responsible for her words. And, uh, and so she's worth it, 
to make sure that I do everything I can to get this anger out of her so she doesn't go through all the consequences of what anger does to us. The little monster growing inside. So I'm looking for her and I find her around noonish because I can't find her anywhere. And, uh, and so I see her and, she, and I'm at her back side. And so I walked up next to her and I, I took her hand from behind. And then she looks at me and slings my hand down. And so I knew there was still a degree of anger there. And, uh, and so uh, I looked around, because this is embarrassing, and to see if anybody was uh, registering for our seminar. And uh, it'll be okay by Friday. And uh, you know. so anyway, uh, so we took a drive in the afternoon. And I always tend to go through the same steps when I seek forgiveness from anybody, a friend, anybody. And uh, I don't do all five of them every time, but I think we have them here. Uh, but uh, look what I do. While we were driving, I got really soft and tender, and I said, I know I offended you uh, this morning, and I'm really sorry about it. And I've been thinking about it, and I realized that had I just gone out of the room and closed the curtain and, and respected you, uh, you had a desire to sleep till seven. I'm so sorry. And you know what really would have happened? Because I know her really well. She would have been out there in five minutes, ten minutes. No, I had to get all cranked up, controlling, and you know. And so I offended her. And so I listened to her how she felt, and I said, I'm I'm really sorry about that. And I, and I, and well, anyway, each of the steps. Two is you increase understanding of what you did. And then three is you admit that you were wrong when you understand what you did. I mean, everybody's got flaws in some ways, and so any time you get a mutual argument going, both of us are responsible to some degree. So just take responsibility for your own self and let them deal with what they need to deal with. Because I'm going to forgive her no matter what, and I want to hope she forgives me. But you can't guarantee that. So so that, that's the third thing. The fourth thing is I usually like to touch to see how much trouble I'm really in, uh, how much anger is there. And then five is I usually like to ask for permission, will they please forgive me? And if they can't right then, that's okay. I understand. It's you're the, who you are. You're an individual. And so if you can't do it, that's fine. But I usually say whenever you want to or can, I would really appreciate it. Why do I appreciate it? Because I don't want this growing inside her or my kids, or my friends, or anybody that I offend. So, because they're just way too, way too valuable. And so she did forgive me, and I forgave her. And uh, so we, you know, wasn't really like warm and fuzzy in our relationship, you know. And so at about 10 o'clock at night, we were getting ready for bed, and we got that phone call from my staff members saying, I asked her to marry me, and she said, yes, come on down. So we got dressed and went down with all the other staff, and we hugged them and saw the ring and stuff. And I said, hey, there's an ice cream store right next door to the part of the lobby, actually. Let's go get some ice cream. Just continue the celebration. Yay. We go in the ice cream store. I said, this couple just got engaged. Yay. There's a lot of people in the store. And the ice cream lady said, well, free ice cream for you two. And so anyway, we all ate, and I'm trying to pay her so we could leave, and she ignores me. And she walks over, and she leans across the counter, and she says to this young, engaged couple, I don't know you, but I have some marriage advice for you. 
So now we're all interested. And she says, there's this guy on television. I think his name is Gary Smalley. That's when I used to have my own show thing, you know, in the 80s and 90s. And uh, she said, he's got these marriage visitors. We bought them, and they really helped us. And I think you should get them now, next time you see him, because it's going to help you before you get married. So he looks at me, and I, I say to him, I don't know her. And, uh, and so he says to her, man, that's Gary Smalley right there trying to pay you. And she finally recognizes me, and she screams. And now it's a scene. Okay? So she runs around the counter. She throws her arms around me. She's thanking me. I'm embarrassed. I'm thanking her. Thank you. I'm trying to get out of her arms. And, uh, and so she leaves me alone just before we get to the door and goes back to her thing. And my wife, Norma, walks over next to me, puts her arm around me, and whispers in my ear, Hey, you ought to order those videos. <laughs> I used to watch those from time to time just to remember what I said, you know. So um, anyway, so that night we went to sleep in honor, forgiving each other. And that's how we stay in harmony most of the time. There will be something she and I will disagree about today, I guarantee you. And there will be something maybe that she does or something that I do that will irritate me. So that um, that's okay. She's flawed, I'm flawed. And uh, I won't be perfect, I guess, until I reach heaven. And, uh, and so I just understand that about people. And she understands that. So we are in the regular habit of seeking forgiveness. So I'm looking at the clock up there. And what does zero mean? Does that mean there's no more time? I think that's what that means. Wow. Where did the time go? So... Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for your words of wisdom and truth that changes us so that we can enjoy your plan, your design, your roadmap, not mine, not ours, but yours. And I just pray right now, Lord, that you would infuse your... You're the one that asks us to pray. Would you fill us with your power, strength with power, through your Holy Spirit living within us so that we might be, uh, our heart may be grounded in love from your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for that promise. And before I say amen, I'd just like to ask you, how many of you here have either someone you've offended that you haven't gone to and you've left them with anger or someone who offended you and has left you with anger, and you haven't forgiven them. How many of you fall on either one of those? Just raise your hand. And Yeah, see, either, yeah, look at See, the anger, the enemy would really love for you to stay mad at that person so they can get you defeated. And let's don't cooperate with them. Let's do what Jesus said. Let's forgive each other. And asking for the wisdom of how to do it. I actually got on my knees for three hours to forgive that boss. I went through every offense he, he ever did to me. And I got to the end of each offense and I'd say, I forgive you. And I'd say, Jesus, help me to forgive him. And then I started eventually looking for the good that came out of it. And it was awesome good that came out of that thing that I hated about him. But it actually benefited me eventually. So... 
Anyway. And how many of you would be willing to say, yes, I'm going to do something about this. I'm going to learn how to forgive or I'm going to, I'm going to seek forgiveness. Just, yeah, there you go. There you are. That's it. Father, you see our hands and our responses, and I just pray that you will empower them with your grace just by them admitting humbles us. And you only give your grace to the humble. We don't like to do this, and we don't feel comfortable doing it. We aren't even able to do it at times. So that's where you come in and empower us to be able to live the way you want us to live. And I just pray this and ask this in your precious name. Amen. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Thank Thank you.